Something occurred to me. I fell into a deep, peaceful sleep and haven't thought about you since. You know what occurred to me? No. You're just a kid. Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. I'm David, uh, and we're continuing our label series today. On the show this time, we got Roger Camaro of No Motive, who of course was signed to uh, Vagrant Records. Roger's played in a ton of bands. Uh, most recently, he's in a band called Peaced Out. Uh, he's also in The Warriors. Anyway, we're, we have him on because he was in No Motive, who uh, was signed, one of the first bands to sign to Vagrant Records back in the day, um, through those prime years. So we talk about his five favorite releases that came out on Vagrant Records, and, you know, kind of some stories behind those as to why he picked those records, and just some, you know, maybe personal connections he's got with them. But we're going to get into that in just a second. I did want to say, uh, make sure you go follow us on our social media, at Growing Punk Pod. Uh, you'll find Instagram, Twitter, that's where you'll find us, Facebook as well, and you can find us, GrowingPunkPod.com. But let's not waste any more time. Let's get into my interview with Roger Camaro of No Motive, sharing his five favorite Vagrant Records releases. You're able to narrow your list down to five. <laughs> I feel like I feel like depending on my mood, I could change I could change the the five. Uh, but it I don't know. I guess it's just like I feel bad like excluding certain bands or records or something I like well so when we started this whole idea I don't know where it came from I think Aaron had just done one or two interviews with artists who uh were on you know specific labels and then he's like oh I'm just gonna do you know an episode or whatever uh getting them to share their favorite releases from you know such and such a label yeah and I was like that's kind of cool it'd be cool if we like tacked on like did it in two episodes so that uh like per label sort of thing so that then we can kind of share our lists and then yeah. an episode that's an artist list. So uh, that's kind of how it started. It's funny because there are some labels. Vagrant for me is probably going to be the most difficult. Um, like I sent you my list down. and I'm like, when you sent me your list, I was like, oh, it's same, same sort of thing where I'm like, man, I feel bad not talking about that <laughs> record. So I think this will work really good because okay. at least between our two lists, I yeah. feel like, oh, I'll get a chance to kind of talk about, you know, the records I really wanted to talk about, um, which is, you know, a bit of a, I guess, a bummer on, on your end because you're like, I want to talk about this one or this one too, but you won't be on that episode. <laughs> oh, no, it's all good, man. You, you just talk about it to tell all your friends, right? <laughs> <laughs> as as long as, I guess, as long as the bands are getting represented between between all yeah. of us. Yeah. It, it makes no difference to me, you know? Yeah, no, and, and Vagrant was such a... Like it was, so for for myself, kind of like the first big label, I want to say that I got into early on would have been like Tooth and Nail, which we've talked about, like MXPX, mm -hmm. Slick Shoes and stuff like that in the past. And then, I mean, there were like other labels that we're covering as well, you know, Fat, Epitaph, Drive Through, and whatever, but Vagrant was like the next like real big one for me where, you know, if I saw the Vagrant logo on the back, I was immediately interested, right? So Nice. Yeah, so it's a it's a pretty pretty crazy label, and I I hear things got pretty crazy there, uh, at times when they were blowing up. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, tr I'll I'll do my best to to recollect what the mood or the vibe was yeah. like around s these releases. Because like I guess I, I I know we've talked about this in the past, but I want to say you guys were 
one of kind of the first bands on Vagrant, right? Yeah, I think we were um, maybe technically the third band. Yeah. And Go then, to Hell's Boxer, yeah. us. And then, uh, but like, so all of your, were all of your records, at least all of your full lengths were on Vagrant. I don't know about the, the EPs, but. Um, before I was in the band, oh, right. the, yeah. the, the first official record Nomoto put out was a local label called um, Edge Records. Right. Um, they put out a record called Cynical. But of course, this one here, that was, <laughs> yeah. that one was on Vagrant. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, which, um, and I think actually you guys were probably the band that really, which is funny to think because by the time, oh no, I guess when I got into the band, this was the current record for you guys. So that would have come out, did it come out before, like, uh, it, it came out shortly before Get Up Kids, Yeah. I think so. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like that was kind of the first record that, like, the Get Up Kids was the first one that really kind of catapulted, put them in the stratosphere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, and it, so I think this was the record, Sadness Prevails, that introduced me to to the label. That or there was uh, was it another year on the streets? I think um, the the first one was five years. Yes. On the streets. Okay, that was the one. Yeah, yeah. Five years on the streets. Yeah, and because uh, that I remember it had uh, Blink One Eighty Two was on there, MXPX was on there. Yeah, yeah it was like this weird sort of thing where I was like, and I th- I'm sure that's why I bought it was because MXPX. I can't remember which song was on there specifically, but um, I could. Like, I, I don't know. I don't curious. know if if, <laughs> if many of them were were like super memorable songs. Yeah, by well, those bands. Like the funny <laughs> thing is, um, I know that. Uh, let's see. Let's see what's on here. But like Blink-182 was a cover of Dancing With Myself. Uh, oh, okay. So maybe the the like higher level bands, yeah. w- their their songs maybe were from the Before You Were Punk right. series, perhaps. Okay, yeah. Because it's... Uh, so MXPX was Blue Moon, which another yeah. cover. Uh, yep. You guys had Nostalgia on there. Um, face to Face, I'm Trying. That was probably another band. Oh, you also had So What on there. Look at that. Two songs. Look at that. So the if if you listen to that version of the comp, yeah. that's the original lineup. That's before I was in the band. Oh, okay. Interesting. But that's not Interesting. even like uh sadness versions right. before that. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, no, so that was that may have been then what kind of got me into the label. It was one of those two. It was either your guys' record, Sadness Prevails, or it was this uh this um comp first. But anyways, let's uh Enough about, I guess, the history of how I got into the label. We're here. <laughs> we're here to. We're, we're here to. He, we're here to hear <laughs> your uh, mm-hmm. your picks. But I think I know you. Were, you said uh, it was. It was difficult to narrow it down to five. So why <laughs> don't is. just for the sake of it? Why don't you name some of your, I guess, honorable mentions? <laughs> uh, honorable mentions would be uh, the Lemonheads record. It was just like a one-off. Yeah um that bill stevenson produced and i i'm a very huge uh bill stevenson descendant sure. yeah. just of the, like the bill stevenson production yeah. side of things um what else <laughs> as much as i i would love to put something to write home about on my top five it would have to be an honorable mention yeah yeah um maybe just because 
it's just such an obvious top three probably right. for at least 50 percent of every vagrant fan yeah on earth well and it's so, like i mean you can put it up there for not even just vagrant fans but like anyone who is into you know like the whole i guess late 90s early 2000s like emo sort of pop punk sound like it's yeah it's a classic I, I like and and deserve it is. so and so uh, they actually just yesterday, I think, from when we're recording this, they announced that they're doing a. By the time this comes out, it may have already happened, but um, a live stream. They're playing that song or that song, that album, cover to cover, which uh, that's pretty awesome. They'll get my money <laughs> for sure. Yeah, there's. I mean, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be very honest, and and this is largely due to at the time. I don't even know if I was. 21 yet mm-hmm. might have been a late teen when when like all of this happened um but maybe there was i don't i don't want to say rivalry because there was never any rivalry but right. maybe there was just like some sort of awkward tension because we were like the the baby band from right. yeah. southern california where the label's from yeah and then the the get up kids were already well on their way of becoming like an established like emo band yeah yeah and i think i was coming from a punk background we were suddenly uh lumped in to this emo thing Mm -hmm. and so maybe the whole thing kind of created some sort of little standoffish kind of vibe right and it and it took me a very long time (laughs) for me to like truly appreciate that record sure it's interesting because like looking at five years on the streets you talk about because like i think when vagrant hit its peak it was definitely definitely more you know known for that emo side of things right but like looking at that that compilation there's definitely a lot less of that on there um of that emo sound right like and definitely a little more leaning towards like the pop punk even skate punk sort of stuff and some ska obviously with the hippos and stuff like that on there but uh so a bit of a different twist on the label as they as I guess they grew up, <laughs> grew up there and got sad. That, there weren't that many bands on the on the actual label, right? Yeah, yeah. At the time, yeah. so I, I guess uh, what other um, besides uh, those two records? I um, I want to say face to face, how to ruin everything. Mm, yeah, is is a really 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 great record. Uh, I guess I I didn't put them in my top five even though they're like an incredibly important band in in my life and i'm sure yours as well yeah admittedly my favorite face-to-face records are not the ones on vagrant fair yeah yeah i i still think the ones that they did put out on vagrant are are really awesome yeah how to ruin everything is is such a great record because uh it's almost like we had first row seats to the journey that band took mm. to get from, um, I mean, I, I had been a fan since they put out Big Choice, and so I saw the evolution. Yeah, where where it got to, where it brought them to Ignorance Is Bliss. Yeah, yeah. And then from Ignorance Is Bliss, we had front row seats to see how that kind of backfired to <laughs> right. reactionary, and then. How to Ruin Everything, they, at that point, became a three-piece. And they were such a well-oiled machine. 
I don't know if you know like the like the production uh, about the record, but they basically did all the basic tracking live. Okay. And they built a stage in the tracking room of the same studio where No Motive recorded their records. Yeah, in, in Ohio. I I say I feel like maybe you told was it this story maybe um, when we were Perhaps. when you were on the show before probably. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, I'm trying to think which. So, which, which record was it that you guys recorded in that studio? We recorded all three of the. Oh yeah, the okay. So, albums. so I can't pinpoint then which episode it was because we've we've covered all <laughs> yeah, three right. albums. But, um, but yeah, that sound that sounds familiar because I think you maybe then told me something about the drum sound or so I can't remember or maybe that yeah, was yeah it was just, it was just cool because they all, they all played in the same like literally yeah. played in the same room and if you listen to the record it sounds really lively and yeah it's well because it's, they're all in the same room for myself anyways that record definitely stands out in the face-to-face catalog and I'm probably in like a similar a similar spot where it's not necessarily my favorite and, and may, you know maybe my favorite records weren't released in the, you know the vagrant years or whatever but it mm-hmm. was definitely like as far as sound is concerned like the sonic sort of of it it definitely stands out and it is yeah. it's it's up there for me because it came out you know really at a time when i was like well established i think with the band like who they were mm-hmm. and and their their catalog and whatever and so it was like the first one i want to say maybe that i was around for that I, you know, like when it came out, I went and bought it versus nice. getting caught up, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I know you had also mentioned uh, on on an, on an early list that you sent me, like the face-to-face live record. Yeah. Which that was, you know, another one that for me was um, was very, like we've talked about it on the show before, Aaron and myself, we both just love that record. and uh, But face-to-face is a band that I think we could talk about forever. <laughs> oh, yeah, for <laughs> like sure. They're, they're, and they're still putting out, music just as yeah. good now you know as they the last were record's great yeah uh, protection protection yeah yeah that's, a, that's an awesome record and i i think and they did I, that with both stevenson i think yeah i think i heard rumors that maybe there's another one that they're working on coming up Perhaps. here but I, I mean i hope so if if protection was it's funny because it wasn't it wasn't until the live and a dive album came out mm-hmm. um where they played a lot of songs off of that record that i really kind of gravitated back towards it and went oh this is actually really good i did like, the same so thing good. yeah so good good on them <laughs> <laughs> did did you see them when they were a three-piece when they made this uh how to ruin everything yes i i'm gonna say yeah i'm pretty sure it was on the tour for that they they played a show in calgary where they came to town the same day as like there was a because uh, they toured with monine i think Okay. On that tour. And so there were two tours that came into Calgary at the same time. So there's the face-to-face show and then a guttermouth show. Uh, Damn. That came, and so they just ended up, I don't know if the promoters were like, hey, instead of, you know, fighting with each other, let's work together sort of thing. So they made it one big, one smart. big show. Yeah. And it was like six bands or whatever. Very, very and, smart. Uh, yeah. Punishing, but smart. Yeah. Face-to-face <laughs> headlined. And it was, oh yeah, it was one of my favorite shows for sure. Nice. Yeah. They were, they were such a such a machine yeah. at that point. Yeah. Like they were just firing on all cylinders for yeah. a band to be able to be w- once a four piece band that we all knew and, and loved very much and to be able to strip it down to like the three of them, but yeah. still just like have as much power as they were a four piece. It was, yeah. I saw them just a couple awesome. of years ago. Again, they played, uh, 
a smaller like a smaller venue here than what obviously I'd seen them in the past. And it was actually a bit of a bummer because there were not a lot of people there. And it was like standing on the floor, like where the pit typically would be. You, It was almost as if social distancing was already a thing. Like you could almost like spin around oh, and not touch anyone. The awkwardness. Yeah. But it was such a great show. Um, yeah. And then speaking of social distancing, they were supposed to obviously they had their big choice tour that they were going to do. And I had tickets to that, but that was, that was one of the, one of the shows that got canceled. <sighs> so, well, you know, you know, at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see him, see him again. And you know, in a more full room, I don't know what the deal was that night, but cause they were lights out. So, but uh, it's that, just, a, it's a, it's a hard time for the, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, legacy punk bands. Right. Yeah. It's just, I've seen, I've seen a handful of like, this era, you know, mm. like the face to face, uh, lag wagon, yeah, good riddance, yeah, you know, it's just, I think, I think when hard. lag wagon played here, I didn't go to that show, but I think it was well attended. I did go see Mill and Colin right around that same time, and it was packed. And uh, so it was, I just feel like it was just like an off, an off thing. Like, I think the big choice tour, like the show here, sold out or was close to selling out anyway. So I think it, it was just like. For whatever reason, maybe it wasn't well promoted. I don't know. Um, yeah, something perhaps. misfired, but whatever. I'll hopefully get to see him again sometime. But I did want to mention because you brought up the Lemonheads record. Yes, and I hadn't listened to it. Um, in fact, it was funny because when you mentioned it, I was like, "The Lemonheads." Like, wasn't that a band like in the nineties? Yeah, that you know, and and I didn't go back to see like what I would have <clears throat> known them from other than maybe just knowing the name. But I did listen to. Uh, their self-titled record that was on Vagrant. And it was, it's an interesting, I was trying to think like, how do I describe what I'm hearing? Because there's definitely, you know, like, especially that first song, um, it's definitely more like, that might be the most punk song mm -hmm. on the record. But uh, it reminded me a little bit of like, Elliot Smith meets, <laughs> meets you know, like, energy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Because there, there yeah, were just yeah, some melodies sure. like that kind of were woven through that I'm like, man, that reminds me of Elliot Smith, but without just being him, you know, and his his acoustic guitar or whatever, and singing as delicately yeah. as he can, right? But um, yeah, it was it was an interesting listen, and it was kind of one of those surprises where I was like, they were on Vagrant, like yeah, just one record. Yeah. I, Rich did a great job of of uh, getting some of the like, I don't know, icons. I guess yeah. we'll we'll call them yeah. of of like the 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 old school punk right. era. I mean, like I I grew up listening to the Lemonheads and knowing them as like an alternative rock band. Yeah, that did like the um, Mrs. Robinson cover. That okay? Yeah, I was like, I know, I know them somewhere. Okay, so that's that would be the song then. I was like, I should look on my Apple Music and see what their number one <laughs> song is because I'm sure but, that'll be it. But yeah, that, <clears throat> yeah, great cover. <laughs> if you if you listen to their earlier stuff on Tang, yeah, they were like a a raunchy punk band, yeah, like a super noisy like legit punk band. Yeah. So so for Rich to sign like Evan Dando basically to a record, and then <clears throat> somebody like Paul Westerberg, it was just kind of like in along the same veins, you know, like right. dude from the Replacements, dude yeah. from the Lemonheads. Um, he you know he did a good job of of. Uh, of grabbing a couple of those icons and, and like having them be part of the label and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Have you ever, this is kind of not related, but have you ever read the book, our band could be your life? Um, I didn't. 
you should. <laughs> I don't know how much reading you do, but like if you're a reader <laughs> or not, but it's uh, just, I was just like sitting here thinking, going like, it's crazy how many of those like 90s alternative bands came from, you know, like the punk scene, the hardcore scene sort of thing, yeah, right? Like in what came, And so like, that's, I mean, that's what that book's about is like the kind of the groundwork oh, laid before them. But um, right. yeah, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. So did you have any other... Uh, honorable mentions um, you wanted to throw out there real quick before we get into your top five um i mean this is a much it's i mean it's not that much later but it's i guess it's not back then and it's not necessarily totally current but the city and color bring uh, your love album yeah. oh that's dang, I, i've got i've got that on vinyl too because i brought your guys's down and then dashboard and some money nice. although i think the monine record i brought down i was thinking about it, i was like i don't know if it's on if it was on vagrant or if yeah. they just did they do that, or, that record think, right there is on yeah vagrant. i think they re-released it maybe i don't think it was an original vagrant release i think the like uh the red tree yeah was yeah, like that's the, on vagrant yeah that I was would, on vagrant but i think are you are we really happy with who we are right now i think was originally released up here and then when they signed oh, a vagrant okay. vagrant re-released it but um but yeah the city and color i thought about bringing down too but uh i wasn't sure if you'd bring it up so i didn't bring it down <laughs> hey man but Got to get some just, Canadian uh, love in there. Exactly. I was yeah. going to say, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to show some Canadian love throughout City and Color. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you got yep. Monine, you already said yeah. Monine, so we're we covered. So let's get in. <laughs> let's get into your top five then. Uh, what's, uh, what, uh, now are these, when you sent me the list, are these in order? Like, are you like, this is my top five, or is it just kind of like you're like, these are five albums that I love? Um, <laughs> it's funny. Because I was, I was talking about this with Matt Embry and Steve Choi while we were hiking. I was telling them how later on in the evening I'd be doing this podcast yeah. with you. And we were, I was trying to like bust out the order of like, what's the, what is the goat <laughs> yeah. of, of Vagrant Records? And so um, all three of us pretty much said Stay What You Are is the best well, record to ever come spoilers, out on Spoilers, man. You were supposed to give that in like reverse no. order, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so so we're gonna we're doing this different. Your number one is Saves the Day, Stay What You Are. Yeah. This song will become the anthem of your underground. You're too flushed down, getting high.
<laughs> so what what was it about that record? I mean, I love that record as well. Saves the Day is an interesting band for me, so we could we could talk about them for a little bit. But what was it specifically about that record that puts them at the right at the top for you? It's a perfect record. All right, fair enough. Moving on. It, it's literally it's literally a it's for that band and and that's the records that they did before mm-hmm. this record they they obviously grew into their sound they've started off as like a very inspired by lifetime right sounding yeah. band yeah and then kind of uh separated themselves a little bit on through being cool which mm-hmm. i think is an absolutely stellar record yeah as well but obviously not vagrant right um but they just really came into their own vibe on yeah. on stay what you are and i i just think the songwriting is just a whole other realm from where they were um every piece of the puzzle is very special um it's like a complete picture you know it's yeah uh it and it's not like super overproduced or anything like that it it sounds raw in a in a warm and and welcoming way it's slick enough um yeah and and of course uh when that record came out that was when we did the vagrant america tour yeah, yeah, with yeah. them and so most of my choices kind of revolve around the the golden era and yeah. like the records that came out around the time where when motive was was touring and yeah. and like involved so it's, it's I mean, fully yeah. nostalgic this this record um it's funny because when you're when you're kind of talking about it they're like sort of the progression of the band uh with um what was the name of i have that first record i found it at a thrift shop um recently but i can't remember the name of it but anyways and then uh, the first saves the day record yeah can't slow down yeah 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 okay and then uh and then through being cool and then into stay what you are like i felt like they learned i believe you referred to them as ugly chords <laughs> back when we first talked about uh yeah. sadness right because there's definitely a shift in like well everything really about what they were as a band i feel but it wasn't like this dramatic like this isn't the same band sort of thing yeah. like there was a there was a progression here but for myself like this was it was the first saves the day record that i actually really got into and then i remember people telling me oh you have to listen to uh through being cool and i mean it's through being cool i think both through being cool and and stay what you are both are kind of go down as like pinnacle records in the scene Mm -hmm. but almost in different very different ways (laughs) they are you know yeah i mean it's it's like they're they're like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. But they compliment yeah, but they complement <laughs> each other really well. Like I think I don't know, but but when I said Saves the Day is an interesting band to talk about because for me after this record, I don't really know what went on so much. Like I <laughs> I like In Reverie. Yeah. Um and it grew on me, but it was like clearly like this point where I was like, okay, I'm not following necessarily where you're going now. Like something changed that I just Something didn't... definitely changed. Yeah, and I I don't want to allude to to I don't I don't want to spread gossip, but yeah. I think they they I don't know I think their minds went into different places right once from from in Reverie on 
And then obviously like member changes after. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know though, though that record, uh, uh, stay with you are will for sure go down as it was, it was one that I, I contemplated heavily putting on my list too, because like, this is the thing about vagrant is just as you go through it, you kind of sit back and think and you go, there were a lot of good records <laughs> that yeah, came out man. like in just like a short amount of time, even just a couple of years. Right. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's incredible. So, um, I guess we'll just get into it. <laughs> that was your number one. So we'll just go with whatever order you want. What record do you want to talk about next? Um, the next one I would say would, uh, be from here to infirmary. Yeah. Alkaline trio.
I mean, it's honestly to to do a a, a top five for it to be like the number one, the number mm. two. I, you know, as as soon as I say "Stay What You Are" is the best album to ever come out on Vagrant, as soon as I say "From Here to Infirmary" or any of the ones that follow, yeah. They're all so extremely important to me, and like yeah. they all share something special. So, yeah. for for there to be a goat, sure, I'll, we'll just give it to Saves the Day, whatever. Sure, it. <laughs> but um, Outline Show from Here to Infirmary is uh, that's a wonderful record, man. It is. I mean, it's it's uh, it's before they kind of moved into their. I don't know how many eras you want to say Alkaline Trio has gone through, yeah. but I feel like um, from here to Infirmary is like the last record before they kind of went to the more modern, right. slick um, kind of, I don't know, like yeah. ra- radio-friendly production. Right, fair. We did, uh, we did a series of episodes on Alkaline Trio, I want to say it was last summer. Mm-hmm. like this past summer um and they're a band it was it was interesting to me because it started we were just going to do an episode on uh this record from here to infirmary and good morning because uh those were like those are my two favorite for myself alkaline trio records mm-hmm. and then we like they're just a band that literally once you go in and you start looking at it you go you just got to keep going on like they're they're an interesting band to me that i feel like you know sure there might be some slight changes uh like you mentioned going a little more radio friendly in their sound versus kind of the earlier stuff but at the same point they're very much a band that it's like you can hear alkaline trio from that first record and you can hear alkaline trio on whether it's uh is this thing cursed or like the three Mm -hmm. songs uh, ep thing they released i think last year or whatever and it's still like to me it's still the same band like they're still putting out songs that are you know, just as good. I may not connect with them in the same way that I did, you know, at this point in time, like with infirmary. Um, but they're still much like face to face. We were talking about, like they put out a record and you go, yeah, it's a good alkaline trio record, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) They, they, they keep it up. So, um, but this, this record for me, I think too, is, um, if again, I, will, I, I said this kind of when we were texting earlier. It's like I kind of built my list based a little bit around yours because <laughs> it was a loophole for me to still be able to talk about a bunch of records that for I sure, really man. love. <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, yeah, no, this is this is so good. So now you like were you into Alkaline Trio Beforehand? before this record? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, I became a fan when they put out Maybe I'll Catch Fire. I, I, for whatever reason, maybe because it, it's just so raw dog. Yeah. Um, and like, I've, I've always been drawn to the more, I guess, slick ish production. Um, that for bands records, like if we're take Jawbreakers for, for instance, yeah. like I love Dear You more yeah. than the other records. Me and too. Probably because <laughs> the production has a lot to do with it. Right. Um, but for, not that God damn it and and maybe I'll catch fire sound like that much different from each other. Yeah. But I think like just like the songwriting for Saves a Day, the songwriting for Alkaline Trio, I kinda it just kinda kept moving in a direction that I, I yeah. really liked. And um Maybe I'll Catch Fire just kinda had that vibe that was re- really like dialed in f- to to my taste, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um but 
I mean, God damn it, it has some really, really great songs. Um, so yeah, when, when, um, we found out that Vagrant was signing the trio, we were like, wow, that's, that's really fucking cool. So and, were, <laughs> like, were you guys informed of those things before they happened? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, they yeah. would like, they just give you a call or whatever and be like, Hey, by the way, we're signing these guys now. Or was it more like, I guess, cause like, did you guys ever tour with Alkaline Trio? Yeah. 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 We, uh, so just, I mean like literally all like the, the three bands that we've, the three main bands we've discussed thus far, yeah. Get Up yeah. Kids, uh, Saves the Day, and Alkaline yeah. Trio, we, we've, we knew they were going to be on the label before they were on the label. Yeah. With like some sort of, opportunity to even play a show or mm. like meet them perhaps like i remember we did we were we were on a, a solo tour in florida and at the time um skiba was in gainesville for some reason so he came okay. out to the show and it was before they were like on the label yeah and he just like broke down for a night and we were like we're gonna be on the same label sick you know <laughs> and then um i think we we did a uh we did a H2O saves a day tour and i'm not quite sure if saves a day was officially on vagrant yet because they were right. touring for through being cool at the okay, time yeah, yeah and so that was like another like kind of thing man that would have been that would have been a sweet show <laughs> the H2O yeah saves yeah saves that was a that was a wild tour, man. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was. It was. I th- it literally might have been <clears throat> the first tour they did after they got into their crazy um, accident. Okay. Because at the time, like, the dudes were still pretty banged up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, thankfully, luckily, whatever. It, uh, we we had multiple opportunities to tour with with both of those bands. Ironically. We never did an actual tour with the Ghetto Kids. Oh, funny. <laughs> we, we've only done a couple one-offs together, but we never did extensive touring. Um, but we did tour with, we toured with Alkaline Trio on this record, which is probably another large reason why I picked it. Right. Just because that sort of connection. Um, and if I had to pick my favorite Alkaline Trio song... It'd probably be crawl. Okay, so it's on that record. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That record, when we went through it, I had such a tough time. Like with with an album like Good Morning, you know, I had my specific songs off the top. I was like, oh, I know these are the ones I love. Yeah. Um, but with Infirmary, it's definitely interesting because as I'd listen through it, I'd be like, oh, this is that part of that song that I really love. And this is that, part. you know, there's, there's just yeah. so many memories or moments, I guess, on that record that kind of really jump out. But um, yeah, that's a, it's a good record. So yeah, like, man, I remember when they would play Armageddon live yeah. and it was yeah. just like, oh man, just the, the, <laughs> the whole the energy in the room when they would play that song because it was yeah. a new song at the time. And yeah. Everything just felt really good. Yeah. At, at that time. It, and that tour was, uh, it was, it might as well have been a big, I don't know. I have the tour poster upstairs, but right. it, I don't think it had the Vagrant America theme, but it yeah. was a Vagrant Records Presents. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think it was Trio, Hot Rod, Us. 
and maybe Dashboard was on that. Okay. And Dashboard was like the opener, like on the poster. <laughs> yeah. But that poster was definitely made before the tour <laughs> happened because he was definitely the main support act. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's that happened. I mean, that was, that's a story. Uh, just about, like talk about a guy just blowing up. <laughs> like, yeah, man. And, and like, yeah, seemingly real quick. Um, yeah. Well, do you want know. to talk about, so did you, did you just, uh, did you say Hot Rod was on that tour? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So why not right into that? Yeah. Maybe, why don't we, we transition with into, that? Because uh, sorry about tomorrow is another record that, that I would have to have on my top five. Long wake, wondering if things could have been much different. Second chance, what's become of a friendship? If you can call this one, stayed in touch, stood behind. Well, I gave you space and you invade mine. Well, everyone makes mistakes. You let me down the last time. similar i mean it's a it's basic with the exception of one record these records or the, with the exception of two records mm-hmm. these uh three records very much are in in my heart because of being able to to see these bands play these songs live right. um so many times and uh and just like these other bands uh we our band um we were fans of of hot rod circuit before they yeah. were ever on vagrant 
Yeah, and it's funny because Vagrant is responsible for introducing me to a bunch of bands because Hot Rod Circuit were another band where I really got into that record. I think I bought it two reasons, and I think we talked about this maybe a little bit when we uh, when we discussed Diagram for Healing because I feel like while they're different, the artwork has a similar kind of feel mm. for me between Diagram and and this Hot Rod record. Yeah, but uh, but then uh, again, people being like, oh well, they've been around for a little bit. You should check this out or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, and just being a band that's... And and here's the crazy thing. You know, loving bands from a certain era and a certain time, I'm still discovering things about these bands and these members. Like, I didn't realize until just the other day, I never listened to the band Terrible Things. Oh, yeah. Which is, yeah, like Fred from Taking Back Sunday, and I can't remember his name now from, from Hot Rod Circuit, but like... Is singing it on Andy, it. is that the lead singer? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, it's and if if you haven't heard it, it's like it's haven't really quite good. Like it came out, I want to say it was like 2010. Okay. Um, I'm trying to look it up right now, but you search terrible things and other things like <laughs> other releases from other artists come up first. Um, so yeah. Uh, oh no, is it Aaron? Stephen Aaron. Basically, oh, maybe some. It's one of the guys from Taking Back Sunday. Well, so Taking Back Sunday, it's uh, Fred Mascherino. Oh, and Andy. So yeah, and Andy Jackson. There he is. I was like looking for. uh, So Andy was in the band um, at the beginning of it for the first couple of years. I don't know if it's still. It still says it says they're still active. I don't know if that's true or not. But. um, But yeah, they released. Go separate ahead. of the this is separate of like the color Fred or whatever. Yeah, so that that's what confused me because the color Fred was kind of what he did first. Yeah, out, like after taking back Sunday, and then I was watching a uh, like a vlog or something that he was doing, and he brings up this band Terrible Things, and I'm like, what is this? And so huh. I looked it up, and I'm like, wait a minute. Like I was watching a music video, and I was like, okay, this is kind of cool because it has. I mean, much like the color Fred had definitely some taking back Sunday vibes. Uh, I think it's like he had he played a big part in writing mm-hmm. when he was with the band. So the the color Fred naturally did this did too, and then yeah, when all of a sudden Andy's singing, and I'm like, dang, like these two voices together is really nice. Like it, they're not doing it to the same way, you know, like that Taking Back Sunday would, mm-hmm. um, like with kind of the back and forth or whatever. But um, Andy definitely like there's I think they only had one record. There is uh, a couple songs anyways where he sings lead on it and it uh sweet it's, yeah it's real good it's if you is haven't it, heard it is it on vagrant no i think it was equal vision oh okay okay is what it was released on i'm just gonna double check here because i do have it open labels well that says universal i felt like it was on equal vision though hmm. but maybe not the album was released on universal all right cool <laughs> right on just jumped right into the majors off that <laughs> i mean that was a weird that was you know that's a <laughs> yeah. Music went a really weird direction in the two thousands, right? Yeah, all my, all my favorite bands and were... all that stuff. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. With with Hot Rod Circuit, man, the the first two records that they put out were already like super awesome. Yeah, and uh, it's not like their style changed incredibly. It's it's more like their first two records sounded very very indie. Yeah. And of uh, and of the time, and then they went to McTurnan to make "Sorry About Tomorrow," and it was just like, oh yeah, now you're like fully dialed in. Yeah. You have like the dude that 
makes records sound really and it's, large. <laughs> it's yeah, and it's a bummer to me that I didn't talk when I interviewed Brian. I didn't talk with him about that record because yeah. it's definitely one. Of, but I was like, there's so many on here. Oh dear, you know, like I was like, I can't, I can't, like you, just. You I'm can not do gonna a take week of podcasts. I was gonna say I'm not gonna take your whole day with me just like fanboying over some of these records from my, you know, my teenage years or whatever. Dude, right. So he's made so many records that I love. It's and, ridiculous. Yeah, just the nicest dude too. Like. <laughs> It it's was awesome. great. Um, but yeah, no, Hot Rod Circuit, it's uh, it's it's one of those ones, I've talked about this um, on a recent episode we did where, you know, like some of these going back and looking at these labels and some of the releases that, you know, make my top fives or whatever, they're not necessarily records that I come back to on my own, if that mm. makes sense. Like, you know, mm-hmm. revisiting them because like, oh doing an episode on on like recently we did victory records right and so there was like the stray light run for instance or refused mm-hmm. um were a couple records that i don't come back to regularly but when i'm looking at you know like the the records that i really got into from those labels it's like you want to oh yeah they're out? yeah they're on there yeah whereas like hot rod circuit um really so far the three records we've mentioned <laughs> uh more so hot rod circuit and alkaline trio are like <clears throat> ones that I come back to, I'll just be like, this is what I want to listen to. And yeah. so, you know, it gets put on. So, um, it's on the rotation. So, yeah. yeah. And so it's, this, this record was always interesting to me though, because like I have a hard time pinpointing what it is. I love about it. <laughs> if that makes sense. Songwriting, like, man, it's just so, well, and I guess so that's good. just, that's probably what it boils down to is it's just, they write good songs, you know, whereas like with, just thinking of like other vagrant bands, like it took me forever to realize what it was that I loved about Hey Mercedes. And then I realized like, oh, it's again, songwriting, but specifically Bob Nana's lyrics and how he mm. like puts things together. Right. Mm-hmm. That really like kind of make it click and, you know, saves the day, stay what you are is more just like, well, it's just something different and they did it so well. And, you know, for the time it really stood like, like there are things, but like this one, I've always been like, it's, it's pretty straightforward as far as the record's concerned. Um, but I guess, yeah, the songs are just, they're just good songs. Like they, you, you, they stand on their own. The thing I love about that band and that record in particular is they do the dynamics extremely mm-hmm. well. Yeah. The, the, I don't want to say that the verses are necessarily quiet, but right. when it comes to the choruses, they really like, right. you know, the dynamic really comes out. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they did an excellent job of of establishing that on that record. If if I, there was a thing about sorry about tomorrow, mm-hmm. aside from the the basic songwriting and and the vibe, it's the there it was their ability to to like kind of create some sort of roller coaster that the listener goes right on. And that's and that's fair. And I, I think it's a record too. That's it's like over before you know it. Yeah, and you're just like, okay, that was good, like because you know there's no skippable songs on it for me, um, you know, and and there there are records where I can still love them, but there's the odd song where I'm like, okay, I could do without this one, but like this one, I think, yeah, just you put it on, and next thing you know, you're done, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, I could do that again, you know, I don't know what the runtime is on it, I feel like it's not very long, mm. uh, but I mean that's pretty par for the course for <laughs> you know yeah, a lot yeah. of releases at that time, but. Um, yeah, why don't we move on to uh, the next one then that you want to talk about? So that's three, right? Yeah, we've done that's three. three. Okay. 
And yeah. before we move on to 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 the fourth one, uh, it should be stated that Chris Connolly's lyric writing is probably alone one of the reasons why that record could be, in fact, the best record. Right. He like especially on that record, so dark. <laughs> yeah. But like that's that's also one of the like, I mean. Alkaline Trio, that was one of the things that was kind of like endearing for me as well. Was like there weren't a lot of bands that were doing that lyrically, right? That were mm-hmm. getting that uh, in the scene, anyways, that were getting dark like that. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I, I can agree with that on both on for both of those bands, <laughs> yeah, totally. But, for yeah. totally, um, what's next? What's next is Rocket from the Crypt live from Camp X Ray. <laughs> I can say I can officially say I don't want to say no because that sounds like I didn't like it. But I think I, when I, when I put it on because I'd never listened to the album before. Okay. But I want to say I'm not invisible. Was that in a Tony Hawk game? It could have been. I don't know. I think it was because I was like, oh, I know this song. It's the like the opening track on the album. Then it might be. 
Yeah, and immediately I'm like, I feel like I'm playing like a skateboard video game. I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna look it up here in a second, but there's um, a chance because you know Vagrant and Tony Hawk did they had a relationship? I think. Did they? I, I believe so. Fill me in on this because I I was unaware of that. Unless um, it's all you're you're just making it up. <laughs> no, I I I only know this because um, I don't know if you heard that Washed Up Emo radio uh, radio show that. Rich Rich Egan did, yeah, with Tom. But uh, Rich basically did his like vagrant playlist, and oh uh, sweet, yeah, yeah. And one of the songs on it was a Mike Kem cover of uh, a Misfit song, and it came from a Tony Hawk soundtrack, and ah, it's because okay. they tabbed Vagrant to do the soundtrack for oh, that video game, and they had to cool. do it in a matter of like two weeks or something like that right so yeah um but yeah back to rocket from the crypt if you did not if you if you have not heard any releases other than this one Mm -hmm. i strongly strongly urge you to listen to the album scream dracula scream okay it's my favorite it's probably for at least I would say half of half of Rocket from the Crypt's fans, I, I they'd probably put that as their favorite record, maybe. Okay. I mean they they put out a lot of records at this point now, but um I mean before they were on Vagrant, they already had a long standing career yeah. on, on like independent labels, major labels and so um <clears throat> I think when they went to Vagrant, uh that also opened up the floodgates for for John Reese, the singer of Rocket, to kind of like I don't know if he like had his own like sub if he was part of Swami, which right. which is uh John Cohen, the one of the co founders of Vagrant. Okay. Uh his like side label, I guess if you want to call that. Um okay. Swami put out Hot Snakes, which is another John Reese band. John Reese being the singer Rocket from the Crypt. Um, but like that whole San Diego punk scene, they're kind of like the uh they're like the boss. <laughs> they're the <laughs> bosses of, of that. I mean it's yeah. just their their history goes back so so far. Um but in ter- uh as far as Rocket from the Crypt's concerned, they've they've had I don't know, they they've they've they have a very wide ranging style yeah i didn't really know how to classify them and listening to them. um by the way that song i'm not invisible was on tony hawk pro skater 4 which is interesting to me because i don't remember playing that specific game but that's what it comes back as so like i must have at some point Probably. um but uh yeah like because like i mean for me like the 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 easy or almost like irresponsible way would just be like to describe them as a ska band, but that's not even close, right? Like, because I'm just like, they've got the punk just element they have the horns. and they have the horns, right? So it's like, that's where my brain first goes. And then when I'm listening to it, I'm like, but no, that's not There's nothing what's happening here at all. Like, I don't know how to describe they're what they're doing. And, it's like rock and roll. Like, yeah. from the big band era, you know? Like, it's from it's back in pretty the day. cool. I'd have to, like, go back and... Because I, I, I went through the album. I think I just went through it the once. Like when you'd sent me your list, I was like, oh, I should probably familiarize myself with that a little bit. But it was 
for sure a listen where I was like, you know what? Like I'm I'm digging it. I was never like I said, into the band outside of knowing the one song from a video game mm-hmm. and not even realizing, I think, like who it was, um, you know, type thing. They, maybe it was in another video game too, and that's where I where I knew it. But there's there, I, I mean, in my opinion, there's no band like Rocket from the Crypt. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I mean, you like you can't even describe what genre they are. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> kind of like their own thing. Yeah. Um, but John Reese is kind of. He's not kind of. He is a legend. He he uh hit, I don't know his entire timeline as a musician, but like some of his notable bands or more notable bands would be like Pitchfork, Drive Like Jehu, Hot okay, Snakes, yeah. Yeah. Rockin' from the Crypt. So yeah. the dude's has an extensive catalog. He's like a songwriting genius. Uh mm. I mean that's such a unique style. Yeah. Like it's indescribable. Some to kind of, um, and, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if, if you like follow specific musicians, but they're, I believe their original drummer was Adam Willard. I don't know okay, if he's yeah. the original, but he was a long time. He was, oh, okay. And that's probably where more frequently maybe I, I would, see rocket from the crypt being brought up because of obviously like adam's involvement with angels and airwaves to against me to yeah. every band under the sun <laughs> yeah so yeah. so like that's just a little history to know like where the yeah. you know um but was that record offspring too i feel like he, he was in offspring for a while yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. that dude's an incredible drummer for sure so fun to watch um i love that record because it's super raw it's mm-hmm. I. It's called Live from Camp X-Ray. So <laughs> yeah. I want to say, and I don't know this. I never knew yeah. this. If they actually performed it live, but it sounds like, like they did. Like at least the music. Yeah, like the, um, because that that was one thing that threw me off about the name of the record. I was like, oh, because you you had it on your first list mm-hmm. alongside Face to Face yeah, Live. Yeah. I was like, oh, interesting. He's got two, but yeah, uh, it's. I'm just trying to see if if I can find anything about it. Um, it's definitely an, a studio album, but they just yeah. I would like to think that they just performed the music live and maybe overdubbed vocals and stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to see. Like on Wikipedia, it just says it is not a live album, but rather a studio recording. But that's what I'm wondering too. If it was like one of those things where it was performed live. Yeah, sounds like it. I mean, if you listen to the record, it's it's not like perfect <laughs> right for sure for sure and yeah and <laughs> that's hey. what that's i mean that's that's a large part of why i love it it's totally. just it's just uh, you'd have to see them also yeah. if you were if you were to get the chance to see them and see what they're all about you'd be like okay these <laughs> dudes know how to party like maybe i'm maybe maybe i'm wrong in this but for some reason when i think of the band rocket from the crypt I assume that their bass player plays a stand-up bass. I mean, you're not you're not like totally, totally, totally off um, to think that they they put out a they put out I don't know if it's called a self-titled record because it's called RFTC, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was their last major label record, and it has that kind of I don't want to say rockabilly. Yeah. Because it's not. But, but you like, can hear like even on live from Camp X-ray I think you can 
Like, cause that There's is elements. another, yeah. Like that's when, when I was like talking about like trying to label it under yeah. a genre, I was like, uh, like rockabilly is not a label that I'm going to put on, but you can hear like there's something going on there. Mm-hmm. It's, it is so all over, but it's, it's all over the place, but not like all over the place. And it does like, it doesn't feel like a cohesive album or sound, right? Like it just sounds like this is the band. It sounds like them. And yeah, and they, <laughs> they just know how to pull influences to make one sound right like yeah it's, pr- it's pretty great um but yeah that that self-titled record if you listen to that one it's that is probably like the 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 to me the weirded album yeah <laughs> it's okay. like the and to think of the time that it came out and like how um rockabilly or whatever like the the cl- the music climate at the time had mm. a lot of that kind of vibe yeah so to speak and so it's almost like they had to play into that kind of era of music but then after that they'd signed a vagrant put out group sounds and just like went full like them (laughs) full they just went full rocket from the crypt they just went full (laughs) san diego and it's awesome so yeah that's awesome rocket from the crypt man fucking right out so let's get into your this is i guess technically i don't know what your final your fifth album is because you kind of teased a couple different things so what is uh, your fifth your fifth <laughs> album <laughs> i think i have a pretty good idea but uh i mean full disclosure i would have picked daylight breaking but we've <laughs> like like we've texted and said yeah. many times uh we've done multiple podcasts about my band so we don't yeah, need to yeah. talk about any of that shit anymore <laughs> Like we deep dove that yeah. record. <laughs> I guess if us... if we want to like uh, uh, say technically, I would like to put one of my own bands on that <laughs> list, yeah, but I feel fair. like it's not appropriate for this, so <laughs> I will not. And so I will go since I've pretty much. I mean, I don't know. A, I don't know anybody in Rocket from the Crypt, but they just deserve that much respect. But oh. with all the other bands, they're like bro bands. So yeah. got to keep the bro band, bro band tradition alive. <laughs> and we'll pick one album from the post, like, I don't want to say it's post the golden era. <laughs> but it's kind of... I know of, what you're saying. But it's yeah. kind of post the golden era. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Thrice Biggers.
record, it's funny because I'm just I just want to look here to see to make sure I've got this correct. Yeah, okay. So this was the what, but basically what followed the Alchemy Index stuff. Mm-hmm. And when did those come out? 2000 okay so not that far before but beggars was the first album for thrice that i was like i'm good yeah (laughs) yeah but but here's the funny thing so i want to i just wanted to share this real quick and then i want to hear what you love about the record Mm -hmm. Uh, because thrice was a band that starting with kind of actually starting with the alchemy index i was sort of like checking out a little bit um (laughs) Even though the, like the idea of like the four EPs was really cool and kind of ambitious and and what have you, but I was sort of like checking out, like I said. And then so when Beggars came out, I was like, ah, okay. And then I don't know if I listened to Major Minor. I probably did, but I didn't like listen to anything forever. Mm-hmm. And then I had a friend tell me that I needed to listen to to be everywhere is to be nowhere. Mm-hmm. And holy crap, like that record Just immediately pummeled you. Oh, it is so good. And like looking at it right now, I'm like, oh, I got to go back and listen. Like, I'm like, I want to like cue it up. So it's like the next thing I listen to. Nice. But it, I don't know what it is about that record, but yeah, like I had a buddy tell me, he's like, nope, you got to, you got to do it. Like, don't write them off. And so because of that, I was very, very keen to listen to uh, this record, Beggars, because like I said, I just kind of written it off early Mm -hmm. on. And I mean, they're a band that definitely made changes to their sound over the course of their life. I mean, they're still going, but yeah. yeah. Um, so, what is it about Beggars that uh, that made the list for you? Um, well, I guess before I can even talk about the record, I have to say that I've been a Thrice fan since Identity Crisis. Yeah. So I I have followed them on the journey, and. Obviously, with that being said, I'm well aware of the progression. Yeah, yeah. Um, and being being partially a fan of music and a musician, I also I understand the the what bands want to do, which is yeah, yeah. progress. Yeah. Um, not every band can get away with like being Pennywise. <laughs> Shout out to Pennywise. <laughs> like Pennywise is sick. Yeah, yeah. But they're like always been Pennywise. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, there's there's something to say. We've I, I feel like that's come up a little bit with a few other bands where, you know, obviously like Face to Face tried something a little different at one point, mm-hmm. but for the most part, Face to Face has always been Face to Face. Just they've they've polished it. Same with Alkaline Trio. Like there's slight variations, but Thrice is a band I think that. When you talk about progressing, they go similar places. maybe in a way to like saves the day, not where say like saves the day. Like we were talking about, like, I don't know what happened after in reverie. Like there's, <laughs> there is something whereas like thrice, it's kind of like, yeah, I can still, I could still hear with beggars and I'm like, Oh, like these guys are still legit doing what they do. But it was just, it was so a sound different. that lost me at that time. Whereas now though, I could go back to it. I think it'd be like, Oh, you sort of start seeing, I guess with time, just like what's happening with that band. And yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, I was listening to it uh, this evening just after supper, and I was like, oh man, like this record is definitely better than the credit I gave it or <laughs> refused to give it, I suppose, when it first came out. <laughs> it takes, I'll be honest, it it, it takes a while to, to digest it, and being yeah. a fan of the band, and like, I, like <clears throat> I, I love the progression that they've gone on, <clears throat> mm-hmm. from all the way from the beginning to... 
to palms. I think it's all great. Yeah. Um, I will say that Artists in the Ambulance is my favorite record. Yeah. It's it's a masterpiece of the its time and its mm-hmm. genre that it fits in. This, But this band, to me, fits in multiple genres at this point now. For sure. And I think that's like what was, I'll admit it, like difficult for me to grasp sort of at that time. Um, not that like, cause when beggars came out, that was what, was it 2009 or no? Yeah. 2009. So like it was, I wouldn't say that I was still, cause I wasn't in high school anymore. I wasn't really stuck in that high school world, but mm-hmm. definitely like kind of in a place where music had to be one thing or another kind of, if that like makes sense, you know, yeah. like I, I was still, I want to say in a phase where I'm like, Oh, I had a like grown out of punk rock. I was no longer listening to that. You know, and now I was into, by the time 2009 came around, that was probably still like more like metal core sort of stuff. Oh, I was never huge into metal core, but like some of those bands. And it's just funny. Cause I think had thrice stayed with that artist in the ambulance sound i pr- and, and say like we're still releasing that sound at that time i probably been all over the record but mm-hmm. they had changed and I, I wasn't ready for it man <laughs> but but, I, but i'm ready now like i said like i i kind of wrote them off forever and then i'd buddy say no you need to listen to this and i did and that record probably is right up there for me like that's that's talking about to be to be nowhere's to be ever to be everywhere's to be whatever to be everywhere is to <laughs> yeah. be nowhere something or or it's vice versa whatever yeah yeah um but yeah like now i can go back and sort of i think listen to some of those records and and appreciate them more i'm also older so like that just changes anyway how old are you i'm 36 okay word so yeah when when they were putting out when they were putting out the first records you were a legit teenager yeah 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 like because artists in the ambulance was what 2002 or three something like it was right around there like Right as I was finishing high school or... Yeah. Uh, let's see, what does it say? I think it's probably 2003, 2003 yeah. Because yeah. I think I bought that on the RX Bandits tour. And that was 2003. Yeah. And I think I can remember reading, I don't remember what the magazine was, but reading about Thrice. There was an article about Thrice and I think like the used... It was talking about like this whole like post-hardcore screamo sort of mm. sound that was emerging. And, that was a time... Those yeah, I was I time. was still in my parents' basement though, so that confuses me. But maybe the art, <laughs> maybe the article. I don't know. Anyway, but uh, yeah, two thousand three. Uh, uh, I think record. I think Beggars is. Uh, it's hard to listen to because you're right. It's such a departure from mm-hmm. like Visu and artists yeah. and and illusion of safety and. Sure, like with Alchemy Index, they kind of like, kind of guide you to where they're going. Yeah. But um, for them to be like peers of of my generation, yeah. Um, I I can appreciate and notice that they're also a band just like No Motive that started when they were kids, like mm-hmm. literal kids and the and the band that you grew to love were a bunch of kids right yeah Yeah. and so um the the band that they are now and the band that put out beggars that's them turning into adults i guess right yeah well it's it's interesting to me too because 
I remember when VSU came out, people talking about how there was already a change that was sort of happening because they kind of like tapped into some very different that weren't, you know, just that straightforward, like post hardcore sound that they had. Mm -hmm. And it, but, but when I listen, go back and listen to it now, I'm like, what were we really seeing outside of like one or two little things? Right. Yeah. But I think it was actually had for me, had the alchemy index not happened, I may have been more initially open to beggars. Okay. Then, but like alchemy index, like when they started introducing a lot of the electronic elements, it weirded that, you out. I was just like, I'm not, it's, it wasn't doing it for me. Yeah. And so, but I had friends who were like swearing by it, right? Like, oh, alchemy index is so great. And, and I mean, again, I think probably because like the electronic elements were like, for me at the time, were more outside of like, where I just was like listening again, like listening to, to punk and hardcore post hardcore sort of stuff. I was like, eh, you know, it's, I'm good without it. It's fine. And then beggars came out and I was like, but by that point, I think I just sort of lost connection with the band. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But so, um, I would, but no, I, would... I was going to say going back as an adult, listening back to it as an, as an adult, I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was an, I was technically an adult then, but like listening to it now after all those years, I'm like, yeah, I can, I can appreciate it definitely a lot more. It's one of those ones. It's for me, the definition of a grower. <laughs> years of, it requires years of maturation. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if, on my end, not on their end, on my end, years of On maturation. the listener's end, it, it, it just might. But then yeah. like, and, and I, I don't want to speak for other bands, but I've, I've been part of the RX Bandits journey for a long time. And I've, yeah. and I've watched their fans that, that were like ska fans that loved yeah. the band that's a ska band or what they yeah. thought was a ska band or whatever. <laughs> and then there's the fans that, that they, they gained way after that when they no, no longer even had horns in the band. Yeah. And yeah. like, same could be said for Thrice. There's band, there's fans of theirs that their fandom started at Beggars, or their yeah. fandom started at Alchemy Index, and they know nothing about yeah. Identity Crisis, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in terms of of Beggars, uh, and I, I, I've only, I think, read this. I don't think I've like had conversations with the dudes about this, but like. I'm pretty sure uh, some of them lost family members mm. in the writing or and or recording right. of the record. Yeah. And so I think the mood and the vibe are very much indicative of what they were yeah. going through at the time. And so, I mean, it's a, it's a heavy record and it's a moody record and it's obviously not, it's not like a post hardcore record that you would think right. it to be, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. It, but yeah, like we're saying, it it requires uh, a mature listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, and which is, I think, great. It's all like you know, um, I enjoy when that happens. When there's a record that, whether I gave it a shot when it first came out or just kind of passed on it for whatever reason, to be able to go back to it and go. Okay, you know what? I've I was wrong, or I've been missing out for the past. I guess in that case, eleven years, twelve <laughs> years, right? Like it challenges um, you. Yeah, and and I mean that's, I think that's one of the the greatest things about music. Like, um, I because I'm I'm typically the kind of listener or fan of a band who 
supports and appreciates bands who evolve yeah. right like who who want to progress does it necessarily mean i'm going to love the albums that come out no not necessarily but i'm also not typically one of those fans who sits and bickers about oh i really wish they just sounded like they did in the old days or what have you right like yeah. um so you know for a band like that it, it, it's great and like i said it took me listening to something years later to be able to kind of fully appreciate sometimes that happens and yeah it needs what to came happen that way what came before that but um yeah, man, this was this was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. I would say, uh, to close the book on Beggars, if you haven't yeah. latched on a specific song, yeah. th- to me, w- the best song on that record is In Exile. Okay, yeah. In Exile is is a really great song. Well, that's it's going to be my new favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> Based solely off that. Roger said so, so it's my new favorite song. Hey, <laughs> Just give it a shot. Give it a shot. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for uh, hanging out and doing this. Absolutely, even though, man. Even though it was so hard, you said. <laughs> <laughs> Just hard to pick five, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, it's been well documented that I love Vagrant, obviously, yeah. for right. so many freaking re- well, reasons. And I... I was saying I teed you up by saying a top ten, so <laughs> and then we we changed it because we realized we're like, well, there's some of these labels because I don't I can't remember if I told you, but um, you know, we, like the one rule basically we had was that you could only have one record per band, yeah, you know, because like you know there are some labels where I'm like I could probably pick four records from a band to take spots on, here. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So in doing that, we were like, well. Some of these labels, we really loved some of these releases, but to come up with 10 that we're like super into might stretch on some of these labels. And then others, it's like Vagrant, where I'm like, I could I could probably name 10 like that. And yeah. Like, yep, we're good to go, right? But um, so we decided to narrow it. We're like, well, just we'll just go with five. Dude. And then and then as many honorable mentions as we want. <laughs> I mean, I basically got my 10 by including Yeah, I was just saying. So I, it's, let, it's, I let you do it anyway. It's all good. I appreciate but, it. If we were to like, do a fat or an epitaph one, I yeah. would have even harder time picking five <laughs> records. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's. Um, I'm actually working on at the time of recording this my fat list right now. Oh, so, dude, good um, when I when I hit records, Jesus, Christ. I'll say when I hit stop, I will tell you just in case this comes out before the fat records episode. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but cool. um, but yeah, no. Thanks again for for getting on. I look at you. I don't see an intelligent, confident man. see a cocky, scared, shitless kid.